0: All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mark Molina, CEO of Molina Leadership and Business Development Solutions. We have a really great opportunity, great program today. Today, we're going to be speaking with Jeff Nelson, who's the General Manager of the Springfield Utility Board, and Stephen Perrick. Did I say that right, Stephen? You did. Stephen Perrick, who's the Chief Operating Officer of excess Media, a high speed internet provider. These two organizations under the leadership of these two men are working together to bring high speed broadband internet services to the city of Springfield. And we are very excited to discuss how this project is going. We're excited to hear how it has uh, the developmental stages, And we're excited to hear about the plan execution phases of getting the city up and running on one congruent uh, infrastructure on high speed uh, broadband services. Uh, So with that, Jeff, I'll start with you since you're the general manager of our utility provider. Uh, Talk talk to us a little bit, talk to those people that are gonna be listening about your vision and why now.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, So sub-installed fiber optic uh, fiber throughout its system to connect its critical infrastructure. That would be substations, uh, water treatment facilities, pump stations. So we've been evolving that over time and the fiber system was primarily installed for that purpose. And that was done in the mid, mid early 90s. And since that time we've been extending surplus fiber along that system to other Uh, businesses, hospitals, school districts, uh, the city, Willamilane, others, and as the business model has, has evolved over time, we've also had the practice of putting in empty conduit and newer developments as those have developed with the anticipation that down the road, there might be an opportunity to extend fiber to the home. Uh, fast forward to 2017, we, we were getting inquiries from lots of providers about the ability to use sub's conduit, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them was access media. And in 2018, the, the sub board rolled out a net neighborhoods opportunity, which allowed providers to apply for neighborhoods, which they would like to uh, have sub own, and own the, the uh, installation, the provider would design and engineer and construct it, Sub would buy it, and then lease it back to that provider for a period of time. So that's, in a nutshell, how things evolved with uh, Sub's fiber system to the net neighborhoods, and perhaps Stephen can talk about his, his uh, look on the,
0: the program. Steven? Stephen?
2: Uh, yeah, so thank you, Mark, and thank you, Jeff. Um, yeah, so the discussion started uh, quite a while ago when uh, we learned that Sub had made this investment um, maybe a decade ago or longer to put uh, conduits in the ground, really forward thinking about um, allowing uh, fiber optic connections in, in some developments that were done at the time. Um, so when we learned about that, we, we wanted to see you know what SUB's plan was. And I think uh, it was very clear to us that uh, SUB in the city of Springfield kind of have this idea of uh, bringing high-speed internet services to uh, as much of the community as possible through public infrastructure. So we started exploring that process with SUB and um, as we went along we kind of developed uh, this net neighborhoods concept which is really uh, taking neighborhoods that have these empty conduits in them uh, installing sub-owned infrastructure and then having a provider uh, an internet service provider uh, operate those services so it really kind of combines the best of the public sector and the private sector so the public sector is uh, really great at. Uh, infrastructure sort of thing, so owning infrastructure, the public interest serving the community, and um, the uh, private sector internet providers in particular have a lot of expertise in operating internet infrastructure. Um, and so you put those two together and um, we had a, a I would say a pilot project, a first project um, under that model and, and um, that's been that's been really successful so far.
0: So tell me real quick, tell us a little bit of history of XS Media. Where are you from? Did you originate here? What's your vision for your organization?
2: Sure. Um, So uh, the story for us starts back in 2001. Uh, My dad owned the company. He started the company. Um, And it's really as simple as we lived in Junction City. There were no high-speed internet providers. So this is before Comcast. This is before Quest, now CenturyLink. And we just wanted internet at our house. Um, My dad was a kind of an early adopter tech person. He was in the IT field and he made a deal with the city of Junction City to put some antennas up on the iconic water tower. We got it to our house and it turned out other people wanted service too. Um, So we started, uh, he started uh, the business in providing wireless in Junction City and then it spread from there. So the next place was Harrisburg but you can't get to Harrisburg directly from Junction City with wireless because we've got the Willamette River running between them. So we had to go off the Coburg Hills. It turns out when you stand on the Coburg Hills, you can see a lot of of area. Um, And so that's how the the rural internet part of the company was born. Um, About six or seven years ago, we started getting into the fiber business. So offering fiber services in more urban areas. Um, But our focus has always really been on community and creating opportunity for others. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, public partnership, uh, or collaboration with, sub um, has really continued that, um, about three years ago, my, uh, dad was ready for retirement. And so we, um, sold to, uh, online Northwest, which is a company in, uh, McMinnville that has a really strong history of doing a lot of the same types of things that we do. So uh, school build-outs, fiber-to-the-home buildouts a real strong focus on uh, creating opportunity in rural community, and our CEO is uh, Kathy Tate, and um, that uh, combination, a merger of resources has really allowed us to do uh, even more now than we were able to do even five years ago. Um, and, yeah, that's where we are today. We're, <laughs> we're rapidly growing. We're very busy. Um, I think... Uh, the global pandemic has highlighted just how critical Internet is, and people are reconsidering uh, Internet in their homes and their businesses. And um, I think there are a lot of providers in this community, us included, who are stepping up to help out as much as we can. So uh, that's that's our journey. I was the first employee hired back in 2007, and now we have a lot of them.
0: Very good. Congratulations. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That's, that's, uh, that's a good American story of- hard work and having dreams and being able to pass things on to the ones you love and and expand that the economic impact not just for the employees but for the communities around uh, the eugene springfield area uh, the outer areas or rural areas as you just described now have the ability to tap into high-speed broadband services so uh, very very wonderful story Uh, good to hear that thank you Uh, jeff now Sub is well over 70 years old. You are the fifth general manager they've ever had. You've been there over 20 years. When did this When did this become a serious endeavor? Not that it wasn't serious before, but the timing, the time is now. For you and the board, when did that realization come? And how did you make the conclusion, the board, whoever made those decisions, that excess media was going to be that conduit for helping you achieve that goal of high-speed broadband internet to the city of Springfield?
1: Yeah, so I've been in this role as general manager since 2012 and uh, we've tackled a a number of things through that time but I think it was around 2016 we were having elevated discussions with internet providers, we were seeing a lot of uh, activity and interest and uh, so the idea had the genesis there, and we've really appreciated the effort that uh, XS Media has taken up to this point with uh, one particular neighborhood. The program uh, design is, is open to any internet provider uh, with some qualifications. You have to have a license to operate within the city of Springfield. It's kind of the, the opening the door to the conversation. And then to be eligible under the program, uh, which sub would essentially finance over a longer period of time, uh, the uh, neighborhood needs to be within the city limits and we need to provide electric and, and water to the, um, the that neighborhood, the, the entities getting service. The reason for that is that the telecommunication business line is a, a subset of subs core business, which is electric, water service. And we want to make sure that the uh, customers that are uh, primarily helping finance this liftoff of this opportunity are, are the ones that benefit from it.
0: And, and how long now, at what point did you make the decision, did sub, you, the board, make the decision that the time is now, we're going we're gonna to seize this moment now? That was uh, 2018.
1: So I had gone to the board and and asked them to see if they were willing to commit up to a million dollars for additional infrastructure and that opened the door for uh, the neighborhood's uh, application process, which allows multiple providers to compete for the same neighborhood. And uh, so the board did take that step and approved the uh, arrangement with uh, access media on one particular neighborhood. And there are still uh, outstanding funds that the board had previously committed that are available for additional telecommunications opportunities.
0: And so as a general manager of sub, you feel like things are going well according to your expectations and timeline? Well, everything's a learning
1: experience. Uh, a lot of times what we try to explore is proof of concept. So the community has an interest to leverage the public assets to promote private competition. And sometimes uh, the private providers have their own business model and their own vision, and they succeed in the best way they want to. It really is up to them to find out if there's a good fit in working with stuff in the city uh, they're welcome to independently go off and install their own fiber network or lease dark fiber from Springfield Utility Board for their own network. Uh, it's just the opportunity to have some last mile um, infrastructure publicly controlled
0: and owned uh, is is something that the city of Springfield and sub have been interested in. Okay, very good. Now, I understand. In the Ambleside neighborhood, just before the 4th of July, you've had the first connection. Yes, is that correct? Yes. All right. And so, Stephen, talk to us a little bit about that. What was the construction phase like going in, getting things installed? Uh, How do you feel as far as excess media is concerned that that process went?
2: Yeah, so I think there were a lot of things uh, that we've learned throughout the first process. So this is kind of the first public-private partnership of this kind that we can really find anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a lot of things to work through. So um, once uh, we got approval from the board, there was a process to uh, get what the agreement should look like. And so that took some time. Um, And then we finally got to construction. and Of course, that took a little bit longer than we wanted to. Um, but I would say all in all, we're really happy. Um, there was a, uh, HOA meeting recently uh, about three weeks ago or so. And, you know, I just asked feedback from the community about how they felt the construction process went, uh, what was the impact on their lives, um, on their homes, that sort of thing. And, um, everybody was positive. There wasn't a single negative comment. So I think You know, if you look out from a 30,000 foot view at the entire process, we're really happy. People didn't feel like they're impacted. Uh, They're really excited that they're being connected to public infrastructure, that they have an opportunity to get extremely fast, the fastest available, low cost internet service. Um, So I think when you look at it from that perspective, it's a win. Um, the, The phases for us were um initially in a gathering interest who's who's interested in this we knew we had a a great uh service to offer and the opportunity was uh, unique um so that was really positive Um, once we did that we had our engineering and design then we started construction um so uh drilling main lines so that's putting in conduits underground in the sidewalk areas um, between homes and then we had the uh installing conduit from the homes to the or from the sidewalk to the houses. Um, we call those laterals. So yeah, it was get all the conduit in the ground, then pull all of the fiber through, then set all of your pedestals and vaults and splice everything together and install your electronics and now you're ready to go. Um, I can't forget about the documentation phase. <laughs> There's documentation as well. So you put all of those things together. Um, This time, it took us about, uh, I want to say nine months from start to finish, Uh, maybe just under that, from when we kind of did our first heavy piece of equipment in the neighborhood until completion. Um, Imagine the next, after all of this learning, the next opportunity for the next ISP that comes in uh, will be much faster. Mm-hmm. but yeah we're really happy people felt great about it the only thing we wish is that we could have moved a little bit quicker
0: so you just gave a fairly technical not too technical but still a technical explanation somewhat of how it's done um i'm assuming you had to present those plans to sub for approval or did it have to go to the city for approval
2: um yeah so most of the work has been with uh sub so we did have to go to the city for things like permits um, so filing those, um, we had we even had to involve eWeb and other utilities at some point because you're drilling in close proximity to them. So there's a lot of interagency coordination that's done, um, especially in a place where a lot of the utilities are already underground. Um, but in terms of the plans and those sort of things, that was uh, stuff that we worked with Sub on. Um, so we've worked closely with their engineers, their water and power team. Um, about how these sort of uh, projects are designed, um, how they're laid out and and that sort of stuff not just for this project but to assist in in greenfield so new developments that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know sub is taking a really proactive approach in connecting the community and um, I think there's been a lot of info sharing on both sides um, but there's there's all sorts of things so for example, you can't just uh, pick a vault, you have to have a a specific type of vault that um, is easily replaceable if it gets damaged. So, you know, there's an approved materials list that you kind of co-create. So again, Sub isn't um, in the the business of providing internet service to others. So there's a lot of product that they're not aware of. So there's a lot of um, sharing that goes back and forth. And then there's a lot of things that Sub does do so putting infrastructure underground and vaults and those sort of things. So it's, it's really, I would say a collaborative process. Um, but yeah, yeah and, it, and it worked really well. We were really happy to work with them.
0: So if the internet sub's working in Ambleside hypothetically, who's responsible <laughs> sub or excess media?
2: Uh, ultimately it's excess media. So if the problem is in the neighborhood in particular, then it's excess media's responsibility to fix it. So, uh, there's fiber that runs so sub has fiber all over the place like Jeff kind of alluded to earlier. So if there's an issue getting to the neighborhood, then it's possible it's with subs power. Uh, maybe they have a pole issue or a downline in the winter. Um, but if it's specific to that neighborhood, excess uh, media and any internet provider in the um, net neighborhoods would be responsible for fixing that. And, th- and that kind of makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Um, we installed the infrastructure, we're operating the infrastructure. We we know where it is, Sub knows where it is too, but um, it's much easier for us to go in and say, somebody dug a hole and hit the fiber cable, and we know exactly where everything can splice. We can respond quickly to that sort of thing. Um, and it affects the service that we're providing, uh, ultimately, to the, to the residents in the neighborhood. So,
0: yeah. Very good. Uh, Jeff what is or what are some of the next objectives for sub in this process of getting high-speed broadband to the city of Springfield yeah there are a lot of moving parts and uh, sub
1: wants to position itself to uh, collaborate with the private sector uh, but also if we need to just get out of the way and let them do what they do best uh, so we're still exploring and having lots of conversations with with the uh, private sector. We're having more conversations with uh, the city of Springfield in terms of their understanding what their priorities and, and where they would like uh, sub to focus attention on. So there's been uh, discussion about looking at the downtown area. Um, of course, we still have the net neighborhoods opportunity out there and so we'll see how that unfolds with uh, providers. Uh, looking at other neighborhoods in Springfield. We continue to have the ability to um, have last mile fiber installed to uh, commercial buildings. We've had that product for a number of years so that that's still an ongoing uh, product. We're looking at um, more opportunities for spreading access to broadband and fiber so we're uh, wanting to. Pay uh, more attention and continue to put effort towards making sure that the the strategy that sub's putting forward is accessible to multiple uh, demographics within the city of Springfield. So, we've talked to providers about um, sub providing financial support and resources towards extending fiber to say limited income multifamily housing. We haven't had liftoff on anything related to that, but those are the types of conversations that we really encourage providers to have with us.
0: So what did you learn, Jeff, regarding about the infrastructure of SUB and the leadership of SUB? Steven mentioned working with your water and power teams, your engineers. What did you learn about capacity and what did you learn about what you didn't know?
1: Oh, there's, there's still a lot I don't know, and I appreciate uh, Stephen and others educating me um, and, and being patient with me. So one of the things that, uh, subs- again, going back to sub's primary focus is, is electric and water, and so we're, we're sized for those types of services. The telecommunications side, it, we have resources for that, but they're much more limited. Uh, in order to, for us to scale up and do uh, things in a broader and, and a rapid pace, then, then we would have to figure out the resources we need to do that. But uh, I've really been appreciative of, of staff uh, being behind this. My coworkers have been supportive of it, but also kind of raising the red flag. You know, with, we need to focus on our core business um, while, while still putting effort towards telecommunications.
0: All right. Very good. Um, now, Stephen, talk a little bit, if you can, about what is other areas of interest you feel like you could bring, just as a just as an expert in your field, because right, there's other. I'm sure there's other organizations that are probably in the bidding process. But what are some of the things that uh, other neighborhoods that would want this high-speed broadband? What are some of the accessibility issues that are concerned, concern or what you look for?
2: Yeah, so that's a great, great question. Um, there's a lot that goes into, I think, determining whether or not a neighborhood is a good candidate. Um, certainly there are limited funds, so we can't, we can't go everywhere that we would like to. Um, so, you know, we talked a lot about those conduits that are in the ground. There's a limited amount of them. Um, and also they're, uh, not all of them are, I would say they're in various stages of completeness. So you may have, uh, one neighborhood that has all of the infrastructure that you could ask for already in the ground. And then you have another one that has a lot of gaps. And so we need to fill those gaps and that can be quite expensive, especially depending on where that area is. So maybe we need to cross a railroad or, Uh, Maybe it's next to the the river and the ground is really cobbly and rocky and it's it's really hard to drill through that Um, So there are kind of those sorts of challenges Um, I think in general, you know, again, our company is really interested in creating opportunity So our focus is always on uh, The disadvantaged and and that could be rural communities who don't have access to high-speed Internet um, Or have limited access and it could be uh, people who are at an economic disadvantage Um, it could be, uh, just a whole, a whole bunch of things. So we kind of look at all of the, um, maybe all of the areas of opportunity, I would say from a physical assets. So what's in the ground. And then we kind of assess where those were at. And then after that, we take a look and say, what community can we do the the biggest amount of good in? And I think that's kind of where we're at now is, is in the what next. Um, so you know assessing what's in the ground and um, and then what where can we have the biggest impact and and where does the community frankly want us to build um so this isn't just uh you know we we build somewhere and then hope people will come. I really want feedback from the community that they they're interested in these kinds of services they see the value in being connected to public infrastructure
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, I think you know Jeff brought up um apartment complexes, more dense living. And I think, you know, that's a really interesting place to look at too, because you can have a really significant impact in a, in a very small footprint. Um, so I think we're kind of looking at all of those opportunities and uh, working, I think, with the city, and then also sub about I mean, maybe they have their own priorities. They do have their own priorities. Um, I think they happen to be in alignment with us, but, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think we would be a bit naive if we just said, hey, the ground looks good here, we're gonna build it there. There's a lot of other things that come into play and, and we're taking those, into, you know, taking those into account.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, especially for uh, the residents to understand that it's not this arbitrary process. There is a, a critical thinking, there is planning, there are these ex- external factors that have to be in place for this to be successful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, one, one thing that's important to understand that the project is the ask of the community is very minimal. Obviously there's, we're going to have drills out there. We're going to have equipment out there. We're going to be moving dirt, but we, we try to put the landscaping and all that stuff back as, as close to what it was, but the, the, um, neighbor neighborhood is not bearing any of the cost of this project. It's really on the internet provider who's doing that. So, we're going up to these homes and saying, hey, um, would you like to be connected to public infrastructure? There's no cost. You don't have to pay an installation fee to do that. You just, would you like to be connected? And there's no obligation even to get connected to service. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's really good. Like every home has the opportunity to be connected to power and water, right? Is connected to power and water. We want kind of that same feel for the fiber infrastructure. And then, hey, if you, if you choose to get connected and you want service, that's available to you as well. All of those things have no installation fee. There's just the monthly service fee and the internet providers bearing uh, all of that cost. So sub, there's the initial cost and then there's a payback to the provider that's or good. payback from the provider, I should say.
0: That's good. Now, Jeff, you mentioned that you spoke to the board and they agreed to support the project with a million dollars. How's that money holding up? How much longer can you move forward with only a million dollars? Because I suspect this type of project would cost a whole lot of money. Yes, uh, my understanding is that the Ampleside
1: in that neighborhood uh, will use up about a third of that million dollar commitment. Uh, So the board uh, directed that a million dollar conceptual funding Availability towards both residential and business uh, purposes so um, we're not just focused on residential we're looking at opportunities to look at economic development um, and ways that we can improve the experience for public infrastructure
0: and interfacing that with uh, the commercial and industrial customers of Springfield. So what's your relationship or what's the communication process you have to have with the city to, to accomplish some of the things you just mentioned?
1: Yeah, so we work with uh, Courtney and uh, in, in the Economic Development uh, Department at, at the uh, City of Springfield, as well as the leadership team, uh, the elected officials, the city manager. They're part of this conversation, which is ongoing, and it's, it's somewhat organic as we're trying to figure out, again, the priorities that the city has. But uh, uh, the economic development team at the city of Springfield is our conduit to understand what's the level of interest and activity in certain areas of, of the, the city. Uh, the city may have parts of the, uh, of the city that they're wanting to try to develop, and so we can explore how's the best, what's the best way to poise uh, for future infrastructure in those areas.
0: Well, that's encouraging to hear that this uh, broad range of uh, leadership collective, so to speak, establishing priorities so that uh, money isn't wasted. It's good to hear that. It's good to uh, hear, you know, I live here, I have a home here, here in Springfield, and that makes me happy to hear you're not just saying, all right, let's go drill a hole over here at this 42nd and Main hypothetically and see if it works. It's 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 well thought out, and you're, you're managing resources very well. Now, for excess media, uh, Stephen, what would you if if you could dictate this pace and this project, where would you like to go next with this infrastructure?
2: Uh, that's secretive. No, I'm just kidding. Internet providers are notoriously uh, competitive. Uh, myself included, um, but no, I think um, there were a lot of lessons learned from the first project. Uh, again, I, you know, just down to what pedestals are we going to want to standardize on, and and throughout the entire process, there was this really forward-thinking direction. So we could look at this as an isolated project, or we could look at this as something that's a sustainable model. And in a pilot, it's really important to think about not just the challenges that you may have on this project, but other challenges you may have on future projects. And that's part of what slowed our pace down a bit was mm-hmm. that forward thinking, like let's have a long-term vision and a long-term plan for what we're putting in the ground. Because once it goes in the ground, it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that you can't make changes in the future, but um, a lot of thought and attention to detail needs to be given. So uh, I think the next project would be much faster since a lot of those decisions have already been made. Uh, certainly hope so. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I think, you know, as Jack said, uh, about a third of the, the money has been um, uh, spent for Ambleside, and I think we'd like to continue exploring other areas of interest, both to the city sub and, and access media um, and, and connect that. So the money the money's available, it uh, does a lot of good. And I think um, it makes sense to put it to some use. So I think we wanna move fairly quickly on things. Now that we've got a a plan established, we didn't wanna do anything in the middle of an existing project because there are a lot of lessons learned. And frankly, we're still doing that project. We've got uh, maybe 30 or so homes connected at this point with many more to be done. And um, I think as we come out of the project, and, and towards the, the very end of this, and all of the steps, we'll be looking at other areas and, and possibly submitting applications, definitely submitting applications.
0: Very good. Well, I won't ask you any trade secrets about what your plan or your hopes are next, because I understand the whole competitive edge. But I do have a, a minor question. You mentioned the term now pedestal more than once. For someone hmm. like me who doesn't know anything about what you do, what does that mean?
2: Yeah, so, so the fiber is very fragile. It's, they're little tubes of glass that are wrapped in plastic. Um, very small things, so a quarter of an inch maybe. Um, so those have to be protected. And also the fiber, the tubes have to be fused together so that you know that maybe tube A goes to house A and tube B goes to house B. So all of those tubes of glass get fused together and, and those need to go into protected areas. So you have vaults which are basically these concrete boxes that go underground. But in some places, uh, we didn't have room to put vaults everywhere. So you have to remember that this is an existing neighborhood where things have been established for 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Plants are growing, all of those things. And so you know we can't set something that's two feet by three feet in the ground, there's just no room. Mm-hmm. So then you have uh, an above ground structure it's maybe eight to 12 inches in diameter and it sticks up out of the ground. And so we've seen those when you drive around through neighborhoods or around town, those little little enclosures that stick up above ground and those are called pedestals. Oh, okay. You use those mostly where you have a limited, a limited footprint. And so if you pop one of those off and you look inside, you'll see a whole bunch of fiber coiled up and you might see a little enclosure inside of there and that's where we connect all the fibers together.
0: So one other question uh, for you, Stephen. As things get faster, does that mean the fiber optics get smaller?
2: Well, that's a good that's a good question. <laughs> um, so there's this this idea that things can either get faster or smaller, and and typically, you know, you look at technology and and they do both. Um, but there's a a whole math equation about that. So you look at computers in the beginning, and they were huge and very slow, and now we've got computers that were, or cell phones that are more powerful than what they sent people to the moon on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, uh, fiber has changed. So the physical fiber, the tubes of glass, you can get more of them in a smaller area now. Um, but really the, the secret sauce is the, the electronics. So the things you connect on either side of the glass. So uh, fiber has been around for a very long time, but the price has only come down significantly recently. And as technology increases, if you want speeds to go faster, you just swap out the hardware. So when Fiber first started, you would connect something on either side and you would shoot a laser across them. Well, as technology evolved, they realized, hey, if you look at the rainbow, the colors of the rainbow, they're all of these different colors, right? We learned in school. Well, maybe you can do that over Fiber too. So then they started learning that you can actually send all these different colors or wavelengths across fiber and each one of them can have its own channel and its own speed. And so as they just continue to iterate on technology, it's faster and faster and faster. So that's one of the things about fiber that's kind of amazing and why it's so advanced and you see it going in all over the place is the the glass tubes itself stay the same and all you have to do is swap out either side. Whereas a lot of older technology, it's the cables. You know, when it was the copper wires, you'd always have to swap out the copper to be able to take advantage of the next technology. So uh, that's that's the big advantage to fiber. And, and it only started making sense in the last 10, 15 years as costs have come down
0: and more and more people have used it. Oh, okay, very good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Now, Jeff, you said that getting the high-speed broadband services would be to... Customers of sub that are on both water and electric. What is the projected uh, payback? What's the cost analysis?
1: So we have different uh, opportunities in in the fiber business line. So it's under the Springfield Infinet umbrella of services, which is commercial residential and public and everything in between the Uh, Cost of extending infrastructure to residences, that last mile, is one of the more expensive components for uh, a fiber system. And in recognizing that, uh, one of the strengths of of SUB and and being a public entity is that we do have the capacity to stretch out those repayment periods over time. Uh, the, The current estimate and how the side ap- application was structured, was that about 60% of the costs that Sub incurred would be recovered in the, in the first 10 years. And then uh, after that, uh, we're hoping that there's still interest from internet providers to use that public infrastructure and we would then uh, be able to allow them to lease that after that 10 year period too.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, Now that model uh, that you're mentioning, as far as internet providers leasing that there's not been any uh, pushback on that. Everyone thinks that's a good plan.
1: In terms of the providers leasing. uh, That's how the program was structured with net neighborhoods and how it was presented to the sub board. There would be a, a payback period over time for, uh, in this case, speci- specifically focusing on a pilot for uh, residential net neighborhoods.
0: Now, this concept of residential net neighborhoods, this terminology, where did that come from? Did this come out of committee? This was part of already the historical work of, of SUB and its board and, and the creation stage of it to get internet there. Where did this come from?
1: uh well different cities have looked at connectivity to residential and and businesses in their communities but uh, really when we were looking at the conversations with the internet providers and the existing infrastructure that sub had in place there was interest in Ampleside and other neighborhoods that had some infrastructure so uh, neighborhood came out of that conversation
0: oh okay and so if it's residential and commercial is it safe to assume that uh, that we have the what's necessary to get the fiber optics to commercial uh, locations
1: so as Stephen mentioned sub has uh, fiber around uh, the city of Springfield but there are elements where we just don't have connectivity at this time so uh, you probably could get it access,
0: but it may not be over subs fiber, it may be over a different party's fiber. Uh, okay, all right. So Stephen, for your position, excess media, what you do, your expertise, what the way Jeff just explained that, what would that look like for customers, commercial clients that want media, but you might have to go through someone else? What, what would that look like to bring that to pass?
2: Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways to get service. So if you think about, you know, at your house, if you move into a new home mm-hmm. uh, and you want internet service there, you could pick up the phone and you could call one of the the main incumbent providers who are in town, so, you know, Comcast or CenturyLink, right? Um, and that exists for commercial as well. Um, however, there's this push uh, from a lot of uh, local providers to offer faster speeds, more competitive pricing, and so people have a lot more options now than they did. even five years ago in Springfield. Um, And one of those ways is through this public infrastructure model that Jeff has been talking about. So SUB has all of their substations connected, for example, every school uh, in Springfield School District is connected. So if you imagine uh, fiber running between all of those places and others, the hospitals, um, they pass a lot of buildings. And so maybe a, a business, picks up the phone and they call a local provider, like XS Media, and they say, hey, this public infrastructure thing, it sounds sounds like something I'm interested in. Um, And then it's at that point a dialogue between the customer, XS Media, and sub. So we take a look at their infrastructure and we see if they have anything nearby. Oftentimes it requires construction. So we use sub's backbone and we extend sub's backbone into their building or into their business. And then provide services over that. So one of the advantages of public fiber, the real big benefits to the community is when you pick up the phone and you call one of the incumbent providers, they build their infrastructure into your building. So you may pay a high monthly fee, you may pay a construction fee, but you're locked into that provider. You don't really have any choices unless you want to make another big financial decision in the future to switch. Once you're connected to public infrastructure, there are a number of providers who use that. Um, I would say at least 10, maybe even more than 10. And so once that public infrastructure is in your building, you now have unlocked the ability to get service from a number of internet providers, um, not just access media. So uh, there's some advantages there. And you know, as you can imagine, most internet providers aren't super fond of that idea. I mentioned earlier that we're highly competitive. And so the idea of building your own fiber into that building and now nobody else can use it Is attractive to most providers Mm -hmm. Um, but this sub the sub model is is again really different it's community focused it's giving you options you're connected to this public asset that you know is going to be there and again it's low cost Uh, the way that sub has um, priced out their infrastructure and, and their willingness to work in a public private environment has really enabled providers like us to look at these differently than really has ever been looked at before so I would just say they need to pick up the phone and they need to call local ISP um, and start that dialogue. And sub isn't everywhere. Not everywhere makes sense. But if again, if you think about schools, you think about substations, hospitals, and other critical infrastructure, sub has fiber running between those. So sub covers a wide uh, geographical area in Springfield. So does that answer your question?
0: It, it does. and just okay. wonder, I want to verify or confirm that the infrastructure is there to reach schools, substations, hospitals. It's
2: there. Correct. It's already there. It's already on the poles. It's already underground. And and those are just a few areas. It's in other areas as well. When okay. so you think about all of the businesses and homes that it passes, those are all opportunities. Again, not every one of them is, you know, going to be available. Um, some have challenges like crossing railroads. Um, in our industry, we're kind of afraid of railroads. Um, but there are challenges, but um, certainly because of this investment that SUB has made in the community already, it enables a lot of these businesses to, to be connected. And um, I, I think SUB has really led, uh, been a leader in, in the idea of this public-private partnership and enabling community connectivity through their public infrastructure.
0: Very good. Jeff, I have a, an off question for you some parts of springfield are under sub water electrical some are under sub water with different electric electric company providers why is that how does that happen
1: oh uh, this might take a long time but i'll try to be brief Uh, for water service uh, the way that the state legislature has set up oregon law is that when a city expands into an area with uh, that property coming into the city limits, then there's some transition for the existing water provider to to, uh, transition assets and facilities to the city water provider. On the electric side, the legislature is approached somewhat differently uh, through a different route. Uh, But One of the mechanisms they have is uh, the Oregon Public Utility Commission can approve service territory. And so, if the Oregon PUC has approved service territory, there may be parts of a city that uh, are uh, served by a different electric provider.
0: Okay, that makes sense. All right, that, that's you know, people like me, laymen, we live for we wouldn't have known that. That's why I wanted to make sure I asked that question today. So I appreciate the answer. So I have one final question for the both of you, uh, Stephen. I'll start with you. You know there's a lot of people that are going to be hearing about excess media now that they have you and there's a lot of people that aren't going to know who you are what would you like to say to the residents of springfield or commercial property owners of springfield clients that you would like to bring your services to what would you like to say to them what is excess media's commitment to them if they are able to provide services
2: sure i appreciate the question and the opportunity so uh, I should have been more prepared. <laughs> um, I think that we, you know, we're local and and local has, uh, I think, a couple of different meanings to some people. So some people uh, really want to support local business and others have concerns about the quality of local, especially when it comes to trusting your business with uh, a smaller internet provider.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And what I'll say is that, uh, you know, we have a really strong network, a very trusted network. So. Uh, the city of Eugene, the airport, the hospitals, major medical providers, the sheriff, the county, they're all using our service. The EWEB is using our service. Um, we serve a significant portion of downtown Eugene with our service. So we have a very strong trusted network. Um, but more than that, uh, more than being local, we we care. I hope that came across. So we care about our community. We care about the disadvantaged. We wanna get services out to people who don't have adequate service. Um, our mission is all about creating opportunity for others. Um, we like the idea in in the commercial field where we want, we want our internet to be like the electricity, like the power. You walk in, you flip a light switch and the light always comes on. We don't want people to think about their internet. We'd want it to just work. And as they innovate and they come up with new ideas, internet is not something that is a concern of theirs. They just know it's capable of doing whatever they need it to be done. Um, trust is incredibly important for us. We love to build trust with our customers. We love to build trust with our community. And we're a very giving organization. We provide free service to Kids Sports, Homes for Good, Cahoots, White Bird, um, and many others. And, and really that comes down to that community as well. Um, if we can help, we feel we have an obligation to help. Um, so we're, we're different. Uh, we're a different ISP. We're local. We care about you, um, and we're also the fastest and the lowest cost. So there's some there's some uh, cherry on top. So, um, yeah, I would encourage people to give us a call just to have a conversation. We're real people. We live here, and um, I think that I think that you would be surprised at what we can offer.
0: Very good. Uh, Jeff, what about you? You're the general manager of Sub. You are uh, you hold a highly trusted position in the city and the community. Uh, people believe that when you make some of the statements you've made today, that you are indeed 100% working in the best interest of the the residents of Springfield. What's your commitment? What's what's your, what's your final words of encouragement for this interview, regarding uh, the progress and the pro this process and progress. Uh, from SUB to the clients, to the residents, and your commitment to ensuring that everything is done to the highest quality standard.
1: Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, One of the things that's important to recognize, and I want to assure the the customers of SUB uh, and the community is that there is a lot of competition out there, not just with internet providers, but also technology. Uh, We have 5G technology, we have satellite technology. Uh, Both those technologies in different forms, 5G is evolving, but satellite has been around for a while. And we're seeing even that technology become more enhanced and more competitive over time. So while fiber may be a solution, and it might be the right solution for a particular home or business, there's gonna be other, other opportunities and other technologies and sub's infrastructure supports that too. We provide opportunities for small cell service to uh, attach to our poles. We're required to, under open access, under uh, the, the federal law. Uh, so the doors, you know, open for business in Springfield for lots of technologies, different internet providers, different business models, and uh, I want to just uh, share that. I think that's a value that's shared by all of Springfielders in terms of we want to be uh, open and, and ready for business for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Open and ready for business is a priority for economic development here in the city. I want to thank you both gentlemen for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had Stephen Parrick, the Chief Operating Officer of Excess Media, and Jeff Nelson, the General Manager of Springfield Utility Board, here today discussing the project of bringing high-speed high broadband internet to uh, Springfield and increasing service capacity. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for your time, both of your uh, wonderful answers, great expertise. You shed a lot of positive light, a lot of constructive information for how things are going. And if there's anything we can do for you, uh, please reach out to us. And we look forward to this ongoing project and the success of both Access Media, Springfield Utility Board, and bringing high speed broadband internet to all the residents of the city. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks so
1: much. Appreciate it.
0: Yes, so have a good day. Take care.